Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to talk about forgiveness, the mandate for it, why it's so hard, and um, the rewards for doing it. So if you've got any forgiveness issues um, or forgiveness is hard for you or there's someone you say, I cannot forgive, this is the episode for you. You need to dial in. Mm, I love it. All right, but first, it's uh, joke and or story time, and John, you're up. Will it be a joke, or will it be a story? It will be a story. I haven't told a joke in a long time. I probably never will now that Jordan took the <laughs> took the first place of that one. I'll, I'll let that one lie. But, uh, okay, all right. Last, last week, you were here alone, and you told a, a, a story and did a, a show and tell, so I'll be doing both this week Yep. to uh, even the odds. It was my idea. My dad's not vindictive. He didn't say, no, you got to do it. No, it's I not. Just, yeah. Yeah, I just had I had stories to tell and a, and a show and tell, and they're connected again. Oh, nice. I, yeah. So, when I was, no idea. I have no idea how old I was. I was probably middle school at the oldest. When I was a little <laughs> bitty baby. They don't they don't come here to listen to you sing. Okay. Uh, so you're middle school. I'm yeah yeah somewhere thereabouts maybe like fifth grade and okay. you have this big uh, um, Bible. Is black leather, and it has these partitions sticking out of it, little uh, like like oh, um, book tabs. Lab, book tabs, yeah. And uh, they separate the individual books of the Bible, and then in the back, uh, it has um, individual kind of battles that people go through with verses in them. Oh, so you can go and look at that. You can read anxiety, mm-hmm. temptation, and it'll have verses about that. Then you can go there and find find the passages. Now, if my memory serves me well, this Bible was red, and it was King James. I don't remember being either of those things. Did you have a few Bibles in the same style? Well, I only remember putting those tabs in a red King James Bible from high school, but perhaps it was a black NIV. I assumed it was a black NIV, and I assumed that those tabs came in it already. I didn't think you would put those there. But No, those were added, and there was a time when I, I did that. Before I learned the books of the Bible. It was very helpful. <laughs> well, anyway, I use this thing for a bit. Um, if you know anything about me, you know that my Bible reading was not mega consistent up until not long ago. And so uh, eventually I misplace it and I have no idea where it went. And uh, and I just kind of shrug my shoulders. And then I come to find out that it, you had it was your teaching Bible because it had large text. You had been using it on stage, oh. I think. And uh, this was in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some team members of yours had pranked you with this Bible and <laughs> destroyed it completely. And this will be a two-parter. I'll let you handle what exactly happened there, if you remember. I'm trying to remember that they they put it in Jello, didn't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, I thought you. I didn't know if it was gonna if it was gonna click for you, and you'd remember. Yeah. Appar- apparently, I learned about this much after the fact that they they saran wrapped this Bible. And put it in lime green jello, and then uh, as a prank, and then the it wasn't wrapped well enough, and the Bible was dyed lime green, all the pages, all the pages, and it was you know obviously after the opus episode where Jim uh, puts all of Dwight's stuff in jello, 
mm-hmm. and that's what gave them the idea. They're so original. Yeah. And uh, so this Bible, I walk into my office, and it's sitting on my desk completely in jello. And I was, I remember. And they put the, it in a Ziploc bag. I think they put it in like a freezer Ziploc bag, but they hadn't sealed it all the way. Something mm-hmm. like that. And so the Jello got into the into the bag and colored all the pages. It was a disaster. Well, I was not. I heard about this, this prank, and then uh, and didn't know that it actually destroyed the Bible. So I I thought it was very funny. And then when I eventually some one day I asked you what happened to that, and you said, "Oh, it was the one in that Jello, and it was dyed green." So ah. that's the story of that uh, there's been a lot of um, <laughs> historic Bibles. There's one that my uh, my mom's dad had with his name on the inside and everything. And that's still around here somewhere. I don't think we definitely didn't get rid of it. I'm not entirely sure where where it is. Uh, there's um, I remember one that mom had that she really liked. We just got one as a wedding gift from a friend just two years ago. We, we just had our two year anniversary. That's where I was last week. And uh a friend painted a big Bible for us, painted the the cover. And uh, so that's kind of special to us. Uh, anyway, growing up a, a pastor's kid, lots of Bibles. And uh, and that's a, a, a hint to my show and tell this week. Ah. So, yeah. All and right. That'll, that'll, be, that'll be right before our halftime. Awesome. Well, since you used the Bible as your story and we'll use a some Bible thing as your show and tell, that's a great segue in today's conversation about forgiveness because I was reading my Bible um, Good. several weeks ago and <laughs> came across this passage in Luke 17 that has uh, three components that I have, you know, thought about individually, but I realized that they were connected into one conversation and that kind of redefined uh, part of how I think about forgiveness. So, um so first of all, let's let's ask this, John. Do you, how big a deal is forgiveness? Do you think uh, for people? Uh, I think it's tough. I think because we'll probably delve into more personal experiences here soon. But but I don't have a ton of um really like dramatic you know instances where I've been forced to forgive someone for like ruining my entire life. Right. 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 Um, but I think it is. It's one of the it's one of the things that is not just, um, hey, you should do this in the Bible. It's not like, hey, you should forgive people. Um, you know, there are very, a lot of very intimidating passages about, you know, the the stick you use to measure people will be measured to you. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and if you you will not be forgiven unless you forgive people like that. Man. That is a. That's at the yeah. end of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, and yeah. that is a terrifying thing. I've had people say, you know, I will not forgive that person, and I show them that passage. It says, if you will not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. They said, so be it. I ain't doing it uh, because their wound was so severe. I've observed that whenever I teach on forgiveness in church, you know, mm-hmm. which comes up, um, you know, um, in a p- pattern of teaching through the Bible. Yeah. And every time I do, it is a very big response day. People still struggle to forgive. Yeah. Um, and it's tough. I don't know. I think, you know, we pride is like the original sin, uh, quote unquote. I think that it's it's intrinsically tied to pride, uh, a lack of forgiveness. I think that that kind of idea that, well, mm. I will not do it. 
I think at the root of that is, um, is, is esteeming yourself. Well, they did this to me mm-hmm. and I cannot forgive them. But, but you have some passages that talk a little more about how, um, forgiveness is maybe more of a duty. Do, do you want to? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's look at that. This is Luke 17. Before we look at that though, I want to say, you know, um, that for, uh, unforgiveness, I think God mandates that we forgive for a couple of reasons. One is it anchors us in, in gratitude and humility about our own need for forgiveness. Cause every time, mm. not every time, but often when Jesus talks about forgiveness, he talks about how radically he has forgiven you and therefore how unjust it is for you to withhold forgiveness from others. So exactly. gratitude is a big deal about that, but also God knows that the only one who's punished by your lack of forgiveness is you. Yeah. You know, the person that you're not forgiving, they're not at home losing sleep over the fact that you won't forgive them. Typically, right. they're not even sure that you're so hijacked. But it feels like if I forgive them, I'm going to let them off the hook. And so you feel like you you can't forgive them because they don't deserve it. But in reality, um, somebody said forgiveness is the only prison where the inmate is holding the key. And when you refuse to forgive, you have imprisoned yourself to this negativity and this hostility. And the only one that can free you from this and actually get you freedom from this bitterness is yourself by choosing to forgive. So in Luke 17, I'm going to I'm going to start at uh, verse three. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. So you should confront when you are um, sinned against, when you are hurt, and this is a big mistake a lot of us make is we don't have the courage to confront or to speak up when we're wounded. So we quietly take it, and then it gets worse and worse and worse. So here's the here's the advice. Watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, hang on. I had a little frog in my throat. Uh, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Okay? So far, so good. Yeah. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Hmm. Can you even imagine this happening to you, John, like somebody <laughs> uh, hurting you and you confront them, they repent, and then they do it seven times in a single day. Yeah. And every time they, they look you in the eye and say, man, I'm sorry, I repent for that. I mean... I don't know what I, I can't really imagine that because it is kind of a, he he uses this example that is really outlandish to really emphasize, to really drive the point home. Cause so no you think that, you, you think that's metaphorical? I mean, I think he's being serious, but I don't know if anyone's had that happen to them. We're seven times in a single day. A but he's saying has, that's how, that's how bad it can get. And you still have to forget. Right. That's what I'm saying. So he's driving the yeah. point home, but I can't, it's hard for me to imagine that actually having me in my personal life. But what I love about it is, um, it's it reminds me of this language that that uh, Jesus uses for the for prayer, uh, you know, uh, asking God for things and and uh, what which one of you when your child asks you for bread gives them a rock mm-hmm. and uh, and if you who are terrible can know how to how to treat your children, how much more does God? So this kind of same thing, if you who are this wicked can forgive other people around you seven times in one day, I think really because because we. I'll speak for myself again, as I, I I try to avoid the the we and stuff language. I feel 
if if I you know repent and then make the same dumb mistake the very next day, it builds walls between me and God because I think, well, he's sick of me. I can't mm. approach God. I can't grow our relationship. So so this parable to me is is from the mouth of Jesus saying um, that if you do that, then God will forgive you every single time. You could, That's interesting. You could sin that many times in that one day and repent every single time, and you're back in the you know. So in a backhanded way, it, it builds your confidence in God's willingness to forgive you. Exactly, because he's not going to command you to do something that he doesn't do himself or wouldn't do himself. Well, that's an interesting spin, John. <laughs> is it? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I thought that I, was, I thought it was straightforward. It is. I like that. I, um, what's interesting to me is uh, I think because it is such a outlandish driving home the point, mm-hmm. I think we have a tendency to minimize that and just kind of read past it and move on without inhaling the actual command that you have to forgive people even if they keep sinning against you and they say, I repent, you have to keep forgiving them. Now, that's a big, that's a, we could spend some time talking about that, that they are remorseful uh, or at least they lip service remorse. Sure. Um but the thing that's interesting to me is that the next sentence, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith, exclamation point. In mm. other words, they're thinking, no freaking way. <laughs> they can't do that. <laughs> right. And so they're saying, well, you got to increase our faith if you're going to ask us to do that. Now, so the first thing, I guess, point number one of this conversation is that forgiveness is a really big deal to God. And um, as you mentioned that Jesus said, if you won't forgive, I won't forgive you. My father won't forgive you. And I mean, forgiveness is a huge, huge deal. Yeah. Probably because of the pride factor, the humility factor, the the gratitude for your own forgiveness factor, uh, what love is. You know, there's a million reasons probably, but it's a big deal to God. So the first thing we want to drive home for ourselves and for anybody who might be listening who struggles forgiving this is a huge deal and if you battle uh forgiving then you need to park the car at this place in your life and spend some time asking god to help you punch through this because it's a big big deal yeah now what's interesting is before he said about forgiveness he starts the conversation this way Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to have uh, to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves if your brother or sister sins against you. So uh, he's saying that People stumble for a lot of reasons, but if you're the reason they stumble, it's going to go bad for you. Yeah. And one of the ways you make them stumble is by not forgiving. This is the connection here. So one of the reasons that one of the reasons God takes your forgiveness so seriously is your unwillingness to forgive is actually a stumbling block to people who are watching you or who have offended you and can't find forgiveness from you. The. The watching you one makes sense to me. That's a very a very common idea of kind of the the way we word it now is you know defending your testimony or or, or thereabouts, making sure that you um, that you're 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 testifying to people through your actions. So if they see you do 
this thing and then you teach them about Jesus, they're going to say, well, I don't really like you to begin with. So, you know, right. that kind of thing. Uh, but the other one, m- causing people to stumble by not forgiving them, that I think is not is not getting through to me. How, do, how does that work exactly, do you think? Well, if somebody, if you confront them and they say, man, I am so sorry, I repent, and then you don't forgive them, mm. you're causing them to stumble. Like in, uh, is that in Second Corinthians, where the first letter Paul says you need to rebuke this man, and the second letter they they haven't let him back in. They rebuked him, and then he like right. repents. And yeah, this guy's uh, sleeping with his father's wife, and Paul is frustrated with the Corinthian church for tolerating that, and he calls them to confront him and to uh, really you know carve him out of the church family if he refuses to stop that behavior and repent for mm-hmm. his sin. And so uh, they do that. Well, then the guy, that that serves the purpose God had intended for it. He realizes he needs the church. He needs these people. He needs to be forgiven. So he repents, and they still don't let him back in the church. So, <laughs> right, man, Paul said no. Yeah, he so that's a, that's a great example of the stumbling block there. So the, the big deal is that you're, if your unforgiveness is causing people to stumble, and I think your example is the more common one that you are the only bible some people read and so the only thing they know about christianity is your life yeah and here you are being bittered and angry and wanting revenge instead of forgiveness it's a very confusing thing and it might cause them to miss seeing the gospel to to not see it clearly and it's going to go bad for you so that the first surprise to me on this conversation of forgiveness in this passage is that it's attached to this mandate not to cause people to stumble. Um, so that's huge. And and yeah. the, the next surprise here is that, you know, I told you their response when he says uh, seven times in a day, they said, oh, yeah. man, increase our faith. The next line, we've heard this line, but I didn't realize it was connected to a conversation about forgiveness. He says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it'll obey you. So uh, it seems like there's a supernatural authority that you have in the forgiveness process, which might be attached, as now that I think about it, to him saying, you know, when he announced the church, that I'll give you the keys to the kingdom, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be mm-hmm. loosed in heaven, that you have this authority. And when you exercise this authority in a biblical way to forgive people who've hurt you, it actually is a pathway to more supernatural power and more spiritual authority and i'm i'm glad that you have because i didn't pick that up at all what to me what it said was jesus saying you don't need it much to forgive these people so them saying give us more faith how do i do that it's him saying um i guess you're not going to need a whole lot to 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 actually live out this way so i I've, i might have either i might have misread that well the thing you know um i think what he's saying is you don't need much faith to be awesome Sure. <laughs> uh, but, um, man, when you talk to some people I've talked to and what they have gone through and what needs to be forgiven, it's, it's staggering. Sexual abuse, uh, domestic violence, uh, abandonment, yeah. um, abuse as a kid from a parent or an authority figure, um, date rape. I mean, the, the list just goes on and on and on of, of profound wounds. And wounds to people that other people love like you see these families and really um, televised 
cases, families of, of uh, children who were abducted and murdered or... Right. Um, I don't know even, how I could do that. Right. Or even people who their loved ones been hit by like a drunk driver and the forgiveness um, a lot of times, obviously not all the time. And it's easy to understand why there is a lack of forgiveness there. But, um, you know, and talk about a testimony just by living like that is mm-hmm. or, or sharing the gospel just by how you live. That is a uh, that's incredible. Yeah. And I think I think the faith is small as a mustard seed thing is a is a promise from God that faith is a very powerful thing. And so powerful is it that you don't need much of it to be able to do this. Yeah. But, but faith is your key. It's a, it's an, it's an exponentially powerful key. Uh, I have a question. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I have a question on the kind of, and he doesn't say it here. uh, I don't think the um, uh, forgive lest you not be forgiven or however. Um, But, but there's a contingency there. Um, that isn't always there. It's not always, you know, don't do this or you won't be forgiven. It's not all, it's not generally like that, but this one is worded a few times. Um, you know, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. So, so why do you think there is that contingency factor here? That's not necessarily found in other, um, other life lifestyle, uh, other subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the only thing that comes to my mind, and I'd love to hear your thought about this is that, um, that, if you can't forgive someone, then really what that means is you have no accurate idea of what you have been forgiven for. Sure. And therefore, if you haven't tasted your own forgiveness, you're probably not even in the kingdom. Yeah. The, um, the passage that is, you know, you make, you make cheap the sacrifice of Jesus. You, you make it a common thing mm-hmm. when you return to sin. It seems kind of a similar way that when you don't, by not forgiving, you are not really recognizing the yeah. value of, of, of what was done for you. Um, yeah, I think it's Jesus. Peter that says you crucify the Lord all over again mm. because you you um, you don't obey. You you return to this way. It's almost like uh, you know when you when a, when a person can't forgive themselves, and maybe you're the person who's asked forgiveness seven times in a day, and you still won't forgive yourself. Yeah, and uh, I tell. People, you know, isn't it amazing? God can forgive everybody but you. You're, you know, he his blood is powerful enough to overcome all sin, but yours is like kryptonite. Even the blood of Jesus can't wash away your sin. Man, well, how powerful your sin must be. And by the way, that's what's called idolatry, that yeah. your sin is bigger than God. So it well, really— Another, another it, form it, of pride, that I it, should have been better than that. Right, is and that it's helpful. It Well, and, and you know— um, yeah, I should have, I should have, I should have been better. Uh, it's helpful to see it as a spiritual responsibility rather than just a relational thing I'm supposed to do to be kind to you. You know, yeah. I don't forgive you because that's what I do for you. I forgive you because God commands me to, I forgive you as an act of faith in my Lord because vengeance is his anyway, and he will do justice in the end. And I can trust him with all of my pain and all of my hurt. And so it really is, it's not a relationship factor. It's a faith factor between you and God. Yeah. And that, uh, that's something that we didn't touch on either. The, um, just the sovereignty of God holding on to that, um, anger in a way that, you know, you can't outside of the, the, the sovereignty of God, you can never really count on 
the wicked reaping what they've sown. You know, on earth you see bad guys get away with stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, and and really you forgive what people have done to you with the with the confidence that if they end up all right, it'll because they're all it will be because they're all right with God, and they you know, and then you know, all the more glory to God that they ended up you know. However, and if not, you can trust that you know that true justice will be meeted out in a way that doesn't happen generally on earth or not all the time. Yeah, and I do think that the law of the farm can be trusted. Jesus said, "God is not mocked; whatever a man sows, he will reap." And so sometimes that harvest of reaping what they sow doesn't happen on our timeline, but it will happen. You know, you will reap what you sowed. Let's do this, John. There's one more component to this in this passage in Luke 17 that blew my mind because it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit intense about forgiveness. One last component of it. So before we do that, let's do show and tell and our commercial break. And then we'll do this last component and our takeaways. Yeah, and before I forget, I I want to give props to Luke for not mentioning Peter's line that he says in one of the other Gospels about uh, how many times should I forgive these people? Right. Seven times? Right, like he's and, Mr. Faith. <laughs> right, like he's trying to impress Jesus, and he says, <laughs> you know, unless you forgive them seven times, 70 times, or something like that. Yeah, 70 times, seven times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I can so, see somebody going, four, seven, you know. Right, they're doing the math, yeah. like, Yeah. <laughs> So good good guy Luke. He's not throwing his buddy Peter under the bus, which is right, nice. Right, right. Okay, John, what's your show and tell item today? Okay, so we were at some point after this when when that Bible got dyed green. Yeah. We were at the local Sam's Club, which is if you've lived in the Northwestern life, it is uh it is Costco, but not Costco. It is ex- it is exactly what <laughs> what a Costco is, but different. Well and it's from and, uh Sam Walton, so the Walmart. It's uh okay. it's actually a Walmart company. Yeah. But they just took the Costco model and did their correct their own thing on. Okay, I had no idea. There might even be some up here. I haven't seen any. But uh, in Colorado, for a while, there were just Sam's Clubs, I think. And now there's probably both. There are both. Anyway, we're in a Sam's Club. Same Costco deal. We'd go there and, and eat there and then do our, our grocery shopping with five kids, Costco. And the Sam's Club model was, was you know. Yeah, warehouse shopping. Great. Yeah. Anyway, I see this um, individually wrapped bible on the in the book section and I, now i'm somewhere around middle school somewhere around like sixth grade and uh it's got this it's it's like brown leather with like a celtic cross on it and vanity being what it is i was like that's a cool looking bible and i would be a cool guy for having such a cool looking bible and how are my parents going to say no to buying me a bible and yeah. so i present this to you guys and say i would like this bible i don't know where that other one went uh, and I, w- I would like this one. And it is, um, as I recall, now, yeah, before you show it, I rec- as I recall, there's also a, it's brown leather with that Celtic cross. And then the binder side is black. Is it not? No, it's a, uh, it's gray all or-, or brown all around. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's just got the standard printing down the left. Okay. Uh, I like it because I want to show it to you. Yeah. Cause there's a few more descriptors. Um, it looks really worn out. And what I think... So you get to give people the illusion exactly, that you read your Bible a lot? That I carry this thing with me <laughs> so and read it so often that it has fallen to pieces. The Fake reality news. is that it's really cheap yeah. faux leather, and it's fraying like crazy because it just is so cheaply made. Um, I, I remember it being soft to touch, too, like a really pleasant feel. Yeah, no, I love the feel. It doesn't feel like it would be fake, but it's definitely not holding up like it would. 
huh. if it was genuine. Um, but I still use it. You took it for a little while to preach with. Because yeah, I did. I loved it. It's not large text, I don't think, but I don't know. And you use NIV now. Yeah, we had switched to ESV, and I didn't own one, so I was using yours. Plus gotcha. the letters, it's a thin it's a thin Bible, but the letter, mm-hmm. the printing style uh, was still helpful for a guy with bad vision. Yeah. So I'll show it to you, You've, even though, I mean, you've seen it. I love that. Wow, it is frayed and beat up. Yeah, look at that on the spine. Holy cow, John. You've been reading the snot out of that thing, haven't you? Haven't I? Yeah. I never put it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that thing looks rough yeah a brief history of of my my bibles we'll have to do i've seen a lot recently people being uh really really rah-rah for the king james and uh and i would love to talk more about that maybe on a different episode about about translations mm. uh most of the time it just cracks me up it's kind of a head scratcher but some of the changes are actually if you read a verse in multiple translations it can be they can have different connotations with the yeah. english words that they chose i agree anyway. that'll be a fun episode yeah All right, let's do our commercial break. We'll come back, tell this last uh, really confrontational, difficult part of forgiveness, and then we'll do our takeaways. Sounds good. Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining Him on His mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, Consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash Jim and John. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation. All right. Welcome back. And uh, thanks for your support, sharing episodes with friends, uh, comments we get, stuff like that. We're really, really grateful. Uh, Thank you, guys. Okay, so you have this, you have this, uh, you have this thing of, first of all, you know, hey, if your unforgiveness causes somebody to stumble, you're in deep doo doo, man. I mean, this yeah. is this is bad. And then, not only do you need to forgive, like if they ask you seven times in a day to forgive, if they sin against you, you got to do this, and they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he says, hey, a mustard seed of faith is all you need to pull this off because the f- faith in God is a powerful thing. Then. Yeah. To drive home that this is a non-optional part of your obedience to God and that this is your duty, he finishes with a parable. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to that servant when he comes in from the field, come along now, sit down and eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, Then you can eat and drink. Hmm. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So also, when you have done everything you were told to do, meaning when you've forgiven a guy seven times in a day, you should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Man. That is a push one. That's putting it out on the table. Yeah, I got you against the ropes. Now let me just kick you in the head and drive home how uh, how 
non-spectacular. This is what strikes me is how mm-hmm. non-spectacular your forgiveness actually is. You think you're some kind of spiritual hero because you forgave someone who hurt you. You're just doing your duty. And that helps to me, that helps me forgive someone because I'm not forgiving based on their worthiness of forgiveness. I'm not basing it on how uh, recovered I am from the offense. It's based on only one thing. I owe this duty to God, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it really empowers me to forgive more effectively. What 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 is your takeaway from that whole thing? Well, man, it for me it drives home like you said the, the duty part of it um removes any um any extra little scenarios you could think of. Well, it didn't it wasn't talking about this or or he doesn't know this guy or you know the the specifics about your situation where you might think this is so egregious. What it does is it takes the um, impetus yeah. of the situation. I didn't know if you were going to know the one. I haven't surprised you with a word in a long time. But, but you're <laughs> you on the, You're on no. with this. Yeah. Uh, it takes the impetus off of, or the the um, the criteria off of whoever, or off of your situation at all. Whoever you're forgiving or you, it's about God. It's about the your, your responsibility to him. So it doesn't matter what the situation is or how much of a scumbag the person is. Um, you, if you're not forgiving, it's only disobedience to God. And that's only on you. You can't really, you can't blame anyone else for that. Right. So it really is, um, you know, Jesus was a, a humble serving guy, but he didn't mince words like this. And, and, and we should be grateful that he didn't. The, the other parable that I really love is the, um, the, the laborer. And I think they use talents again, but the parable of the talents is more famously a different parable, but it's the one where, this guy owes the number they use is, is another one that's kind of absurd. He yeah. owes this guy like a million dollars. He owes him. He owes him like a uh, hundred years' wages. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he gets a completely clean slate from his master. He owes him a hundred years' wages. And then he goes and beats up the guy who owes him something like twenty bucks. Right. And says he's going to kill him. And uh, and the reason we have this duty, and this was a, a blog post actually I wrote, man, probably like a year ago. Um, but kind of like the, uh, it's kind of like a loan. So you are indebted something like a hundred years, uh, wages. You've taken out a loan that is something like a hundred years wages. Mm. And then, uh, you then go around and you, you give that money and distribute it because it's not yours to begin with. And because you are so much indebted, uh, um, you know, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. It, I haven't, you know, obviously I wrote it a while ago. Maybe it'd be better to go back and read that. But but just the, the idea that you really do um, owe much more than you are forgiving, regardless of how atrocious it is here. I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes me think of you're actually paying the bill of forgiveness with house money. I mean, you're using God's right, exactly. money. Exactly. And, and so, uh, you know, you you can extravagantly forgive because you have been extravagantly blessed. And there's only more coming. So, uh, right. So you're not you're not going into the into the um, the red. Yeah, you don't you know? lose by forgiving. Exactly, because it's not you. You were already in, in a negative balance when you started, and you're only where you are now because of this this grace. There's a Christian I saw this week who modeled this pretty beautifully. Mm. Um. Jacob Blake, we're in the week of Jacob Blake getting shot in the back seven times by a police officer in a uh, in an arrest scenario. 
and um, it has it has ignited. The NBA quit playing. The NFL took days off. Baseball quit playing. Hockey quit playing. You know, there, it just created a, a, a massive another surge uh, against police brutality and against uh, injustice for people of color. Yeah. And um, a couple days ago, before this recording, his mother spoke at a press conference. And she said that um, violent protesting is not helping. She said that uh, hurting each other is not helping. She said, I don't care what color you are. We got to stop hating each other. She talked about how God loves us all and how he has forgiven us. She urged people to be gracious and forgiving toward one another while her, while her son is sitting there, they're saying he's probably paralyzed from the waist down for the rest of his life. Uh, And, and here she is and she's weeping as she's doing it, but she's calling all human beings to grace toward one another and love toward one another. It was a really powerful, powerful moment. Yeah. I think, I guess the, it makes me think of again, the, um, uh, what's his name? Is it this missionary who was part of this, uh, uh, ministry that was dropping food off for this really, really rural tribe is Jim, Jim Elliott, Jim Elliott. And, uh, and they are being waved down by this tribe. It's a hugely famous story. So if you've heard this before, then, um, allow me to just go over it again in case you haven't. Um, they're flying over to drop off the these food and essential items to this tribe. The tribe kind of tries to like wave them down. I, yeah, I don't think so. The, they, the tribe doesn't really invite them there, but they they. I thought they did. No, they use the food to just confirm to them over and over repeatedly that hey, we're for you. Then they land the plane, and decide to, and and for a while, they land and talk and bring food and things are going okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually. Uh, seemingly, you know, it was a surprise to the to the ministry. Um, this tribe kills Jim Elliott and his the crew that landed there that day. Um, and I don't know how much time passed later, but eventually, um, through continued efforts with that same tribe, uh, they were all brought to Jesus. And there's and and Jim Elliott's son is very good friends with the men that killed his father. Yeah. And if this was a movie or, you know, anything else, it might be, you know, Jim Elliott Jr. or whatever his name is. Right. You know, gearing up and going to get revenge for his dad or something, <laughs> something like a Western. Yeah, yeah. But Taking a posse he, with him. Right. But sacrificing, forgiveness being a sacrifice of your pride, um, part of it is acknowledging that um, that what you think is right is not even always right. That the, uh, the potential in a Jim Elliott kind of scenario, uh, for good with God. So, so, so obeying God in his way, forgiving even a man who killed this guy's dad, right. Um, the potential for good, this whole tribe coming to Jesus, as opposed to a harboring resentment or however, um, is ridiculous. It is so it's incredible. And, and that is again, forfeiting your, um, priorities or your, um, your estimate of what would be right in a situation for God's and his is always so much more um, powerful and the, the opportunities are so much more powerful. Absolutely. So it, 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 yeah. Lowering your, your pride in that way is uh, I think that's, that's really at the heart of much of our obedience to God. 
Anyway. I agree. And the thing that just keeps hitting me right, while you're telling the Jim Elliott story and this uh, Jacob Blake's mom mm-hmm. is Jesus basically saying at that with that parable, you've yeah, you know, you've only done your duty. Exactly. We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Uh, that's how that's how obligated we are to the Lord and to to model his behavior, his forgiveness to others. All right, so John, give me maybe you just did with that whole Jim Elliot thing. That was, is that yeah, your that biggest was, takeaway? That was basically my takeaway was that um, you you just find you find through lines in the faith and in our in in our commandments of in the faith, and I think that's definitely one of them is is um, dying to yourself and 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 being, becoming a servant right to God is acknowledging um, that His ways are are that far above our ways, and 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 in that is. Um, and I would say that, that I have had to forgive what I would call egregious things, but not to the extent that a lot of people had. So, Mm -hmm. so maybe it is easier for me to say this, but that, um, that at the root of a stubbornness to forgive, I would say, I might say every time, at least 95% of the time is pride and it is, uh, of holding yourself higher than you should. Yeah. At, at. It is certainly a selfish decision, you know, which is hard to say. I think that um, the thing that that overwhelms me, my big takeaway from this, is that this is such a big deal to God. Yeah. And it is a powerful way to serve God. It's a powerful way to honor God. It's a powerful way to be free in your own self. Totally. Um, and and it's just a it's a critically important thing. So. Uh, man, if you're struggling with forgiveness, don't delay, you know, deal with that. And um, I actually have some uh, little tool techniques to help with the forgiveness process. So if you need any help with that, email us and I'll share that with you. Yeah. Uh, and the the urgency, that was interesting. That, that called my mind. Um, this one is not in the Gospels, one of the, one of the letters, but um, saying that, you know, if you're praying, and you realize that you have, uh, if you have beef with somebody, don't wait. Even even right then, get up before you even offer your offering at that at that prayer. Get up and go resolve it, and then come back and finish. Like like it is that urgent. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a really big deal. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening this week. And um, John will send a put a picture on Instagram of his uh, Bible there, so you can see it. Yeah, you followed the Michael Womack school and and talked about your Kindle. Last, I, last week. I did, and I uh, put a picture of that on our Instagram account. Yeah, I was, I was happy to see it. And, uh, hey, catch us next week. As always, uh, we appreciate you listening. Tell a friend and email us, info at jimandjohn.com. No H in the John. We'd love to hear from you uh, with any episode requests you might have or any feedback for us or any way that we could serve you um, and encourage you. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. Thank you.